April 26, 2022, we're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Daf Samech Daled Amud Bet. If you count from the top of the page, 21 lines down, first word on the line, Amar Rav Yehuda. Says the Gemara, Amar Rav Yehuda, Eno Hayavachi Avirenu Derech Ha'avara. If you recall the context of our Gemara as we're talking about this, Isur in the Torah of Ma'avir Venotenet Beno Lamolech. And so the statement of Rav Yehuda is the only circumstance, the only situation wherein you'll be Hayav Mita Sekila is if you do it Derech Ha'avara, if you do it in the way of passing through. Again, there's a netina, there's a giving to the misharete, the ministers of the molech, but there's also leading or walking your son through it. So as a gemara, how is that done? What's the circumstance? What's the situation wherein a person does it the way of molech, the wrong way of molech? Amar Abaye, the first opinion is that of Abaye, shiraga de livne be nura mehaigisa nura mehaigisa. There's this stack of bricks in the middle, and on each one of the sides of, of, of this high stack of, uh, of bricks are uh, uh, flames of fire. And as a result, the person walks his son through that middle area, and it's, so to speak, some sort of symbolic, and perhaps even dangerous, but not to the extent per se of life-threatening dangerous. A person is walking through, handing their child, crossing their child into the realm of this molech, while the fire surrounds. Alternatively, Rava Amar Kemashvarta de Purya. Rava says it's not a circumstance in which the person literally walks over it, but rather he jumps over it. The child is to jump over a pit of fire of sources. A pit of fire, in the same way Purya is a reference to Purim, children jump around a lot on Purim. Uh, in this circumstance, the child will be jumping around not on Purim, but as a way of sac- being sacrificed to Abu. That's the mahloket. Now either the child is jumping. The father, I guess, is bringing him up until there, maybe holding his hands and saying, just jump over this. I, I imagine it's, again, the, the understanding seems to be it's not so dangerous and not so distant uh, to the extent that there's that sort of difficulty over here. But the first circumstances, there's a hafira ba'ar, it says Rashi, there's a ditch in the ground. There's ish in it, bo'erbo, vehu kofetz misafa lesafa, he's jumping from one side to the next. Let's imagine, not necessarily uh, a reality that needed to be in place, but let's imagine that the father brought him to the extent that he's maybe even holding his hands as he does so. So as the Gemara, Tanya Kavate de Rava, we have a Beraita which accords with the opinion of Rava. Rava was that second opinion. According to Rava, there's no walking over the pile of bricks in between the fire. It's rather jumping over the fire. Tanya Kavate de Rava, Eno Hayav Achia Avirenu Derech Ha'avara. Okay, so there's the statement initially hasn't proven anything to us with regards per se to Rava. We saw that in the name of Rav Yehuda a moment or two ago. That needs to be done in the regular crossing over fashion. But here's the critical line. If the crossing over is by leg, it's by legs, so then patur, so then you're not hayav mita. Well, that seems to be clear. That's negating the opinion of Abaye. Abaye said the circumstance, the way in which you do a derecha avara is by climbing that pile of bricks. That's what we call baregel. You're walking over the pile of bricks. As opposed to, according to Rava, you're kofetz. You're jumping over this pit in the middle. If the Beraita is saying that the derecha avara is not by doing it in the regular walking leg fashion, well, clearly the Beraita is according 
starting with Rava, but the Beraita continues again in detailing the laws and the situations of Molech. The only circumstance, the only situation wherein a person's Hayav Sekila, Hayav Mita for Ma'aviret Benola Molech, is if it's Yose'e Yerecho. Yerech, of course, means a thigh, and Yose'e Yerecho is a vision of uh, that which comes out of you. In other words, it's a descendant of you. It's a blood relative to the extent that it comes from you. Uh, that's coming, of course, and it'll be explicit to uh, exclude your parents or your siblings or even yourself. All of those are not your descendants. It's only Yosei Yerecho HaKetzad. How can you uh, qualify this? And again, what, what would the ra- logic and rationale be? I, mean, I don't know. Is it much better that you gave your parent to the Molech? Is it uh, any better that you gave yourself to the Molech and so forth? And my understanding of this Gemara, as we mentioned it yesterday, is this is the way of the Avodah Zarah. Again, we saw at the top of the page, whereas Nathan said it's a Kalva Homer. If I gave him just one child to the Molech, I'm Hayav Mita. I gave all my children, I should be less Hayav Mita. The argument, if you recall, of Sefer HaChinuch is that was the way of Avodah Zarah. The vision was, I'm giving one child and the rest of my children will be blessed. That's not to say that one's better or one's worse. It's worse only in the respect that that's the intention, that's the circumstance. You can do things that look and are terrible, but within context, within vision, within the kavanah of the circumstance, it's just not the same qualitatively as another one. As a result, my understanding in this circumstance as well, in this law is, this is the way the Avodah Zarah was done. Haketzad beno ubito hayav. If it's your child, your son, your daughter, whom you're ma'avir to the molech, you're hayav. By extension, we saw yesterday, if it's Ben Beno, Ben Bito, if it's your grandchildren, as well, that's your descendants. However, Aviv Imo, if it's your father or your mother that you're handing over and bringing over to the Molech, Ahiv Ve'achoto, your brother, your sister, Patur, period. Okay, so that's the next halacha, quite simple and straightforward, mentioned in the Beraita. Lastly, and it's along the same lines, or not lastly, next, Ha'ivir Asmo, what if uh, you brought yourself over? You handed yourself over to the Misharete Avodah Zarah there as well, Patur. Again, we'll need some sort of, we, we imagine we're going to have some sort of source for this, but more than anything, we're talking about the way of Avodah Zarah. So you walked over, Patur, not that he did the right thing. Terrible, wrongful activity. You're handing yourself over to Abu Dazara, whatever that fully means. But ultimately speaking, you're patur because that's not considered the derech of the Abu Dazara. Verbil Azar, Berbishimon, Mehayev. For some reason, the Gemara will explain it, disagrees. He says, if you're ma'avir asmo, and perhaps by extension, if you're ma'avir avivimo, achivahoto, you're hayav, but certainly if you're ma'avir asmo yourself, you'll be hayav mita. Echad la molech, ve'echad l'sha'ar avodah zara hayav. And this is the last law in the Beraita, and this is, uh, well, when you hand through the fire or over the fire, is that a universal activity which is appro- uh, appropriate for punishment by Abu Dazara or specifically to the Molech? This is really the way we began the Gemara yesterday, if you recall. So according to the first opinion, that of Hachamim, this is a universal activity. Uh, but I went to the Baal Peor, it's a different way of, uh, of sacrificing or of, of worshipping. The answer is, this is a universal activity. If the Torah says this is a way of Avodah Zarah, it might be Shiloh Darka for the Avodah Zarah you're involved in, but you'll be liable for death penalty. Rabbi Lazab Rabbi Shimon Omer, Lamolech Hayav, Shiloh Lamolech Patur. Rabbi Lazab Rabbi Shimon disagrees. He says it's specific and particular to Molech, this sort of Avodah, not to another Avodah Zarah. Just very briefly taking stock of what we saw in the next few lines in the Beraita. Again, number one we saw 
that there's a difference of opinion with regards to yourself. If you brought yourself to the Avodah Zarah, first and foremost, Hachamim say you're not Hayav, which, uh, by the way, was the proof, as we mentioned yesterday, for Rashi, uh, that this Ma'avir Lamolech doesn't mean, per se, killing the child. How could it mean killing the child if we're talking about if whether you're liable? How are you liable or not liable? You're patur, but you're dead. We don't talk about death penalty once you're dead. Clearly, when you're bringing yourself, said Rashi yesterday to us, you're not necessarily killing yourself. It might be dangerous, but you're not killing yourself. But that's the opinion of the Hachamim, according to Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, he disagrees. We're going to have to see the sourcing on that. What's the difference between Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, and Hachamim with regards to a person bringing themselves for the Molech? And lastly, it's an issue that we saw already, and that is when we deal with the activity and the type of Avodah, is this a universal type of Avodah? Avodah, there's an Avodah which is specific to the Molech. Now it certainly begins with Molech. The Torah mentions it in the context of Molech. And we have our Gezerah Shavah that we learned yesterday of Ma'aviret Beno La Molech Mitocha Esh, or through the Esh, Ba'esh. That's certainly so. But the same way we mentioned, and we, we mentioned this briefly yesterday, if you were to slaughter, if you were to burn, if you were to do any of those internal uh, Mikdash activities for Avodah Zarah, you're liable. We call it Shalok Darkah. And any Avodah Zarah said, so perhaps this is in any setting as well. That's a mahluk between Bilazar, Birbishimon, and Hachamim. So the Gemara, well, let's deal with first things first. The first issue, the mahluk between Bilazar, Birbishimon, and Hachamim with regards to yourself. Are you Hayav or not? If you brought yourself to the Avodah Zarah. Again, nobody, let me be clear again, is arguing this is appropriate. Nobody wants you involved in this. Question is if you're Hayav Mita. Amar Ula, Maita Amadir Bilazar, Birbishimon. What's the reasoning? What's the rationale? Birbilazar, Birbishimon. It's an interesting way of asking it. What's that? His name is Rabbi Lazar. He's the son of Rabbi Shimon. Instead of saying Ben Rabbi Shimon, they always call him Rabbi Lazar. He has two opinions here. So same, same rabbi, two different opinions here in the Biraita. He happens to be on this issue disagreeing with the Hachamim on both issues. Yeah. Amar Kera, the Pasuk says, Lo yimatze becha. So I'll very briefly read to you the pasuk. Okay, that's all we need for that part of the, that, that pasuk. Should not be found, like should not be found amongst you, amidst you. Ma'avir, someone who's passing Beno Ubito Ba'esh, their son or their daughter, through the fire. Now, again, we made a Gezerah Shabbat yesterday, and we understood this Pasuk is referring to Molech. Uh, what does the Pasuk say again? It doesn't say it shouldn't be found, it says it shouldn't be found in you. Becha. Gerasha is going to be on that word. Becha. What's Becha in you? It's not only your son or your daughter, it's in you as well. If you yourself become the sacrificial entity, identity of this Avodah Zarah, you're going to be Hayab. Says the Gemara again. There's a few lines before we get wide in the Gemara. Amar Kerat, that the Pasuk says, Lo yimatse Becha. We underline the word Becha. Dash. Becha be'atzmecha. 
is that extra word of becha is teaching, is instructing us that it's even if it's you. It might be by extension that if it's even if it's you, then it's your father, your mother, your sister, and your brother as well. Because once we're distancing this from being specifically your son and your daughter, then maybe it's all inclusive. Not fully clear from the Gemara, but that's the opinion of Bil Azab Rabbi Shimon. What about the Hachamim? Is it really so? Could it be that the Hachamim don't make a dirajah on that word becha? And others, you might say, that's right. We read the Pasuk, Lo becha, it shouldn't be found amongst you. Others, when it comes to Pesach, for example, Lo yeraev, lo oh, there's no becha over there, I'm getting thrown off by yimaseh. But it means that when the Torah uses the word becha, it doesn't per se mean in you, it means amongst you, it means in your, in your midst. It doesn't mean something about you. So maybe the Chachamim say, that's why right. we don't make such a dirasha, says the Gemara, can't be. Because the word becha, in a similar context, elsewhere in the Torah, is nidrash, is a dirasha from the Chachamim in a similar fashion. If they're willing to, if they feel compelled to be doresh, this word becha elsewhere, and say, well, there's a significance to this, it means something about you individually and personally. There's no reason they shouldn't be doing it over here. What's that other circumstance? Doesn't the Mishnah say in Masechet Bava Mitziah, the circumstance, the context over there is Hashavat Aveda. Of course, the Torah and Parashat Mishpatim tells us that if you find something that's lost, you have to be Meshivit. You need to re- return it. And there are all sorts of laws about Yehush, about despair, and so forth, with regards to how and when you do so. But that's the Halakha. It's a Halakha from the Torah. If you find a lost, object, it needs to be returned. V'hatenan doesn't the Mishnah teach avedato ve'avedat aviv. If you happen upon both an item which was lost by yourself and by your father separately, and you only have, whatever the situation is, I don't we can make one up, we could be creative, you only have the opportunity to return one. Not so hard, you're about to miss a flight, and uh, one's in the left direction, the other one's in the right direction, you have one minute, you can dash in either direction to grab the, uh, the item of your father's or your own that was lost. We knee-jerk responsibility, of course, you have to take your, your own. Excuse me, you have to take your father's. It's kibudavayim. You'd imagine that your father uh, proceeds in this circumstance. You're not gonna have an opportunity to save both. You have the opportunity to save both, to get them both. Of course, you go for both, but which one takes precedence? We ask that sort of question in halacha from time to time. I have two mitzvot in front of me, which one takes precedence? So here it is, two mitzvot. Avedat asmo, avedat aviv. What's the halacha? Shelo kodemet. Your own takes precedence. You go and you save your own before saving your father or in place of saving your father. So we're not talking about being able to save both. Why not? Well, why, why not save your fathers? Kibuda vayim, an extra mitzvah. Ve'amrinan, and the explanation was, was set forth. Maita'ama, what, why is it that you take precedence with regard to saving or to retrieving the, the lost object? Ve'amar aviuda, amar kera, it's because the pasuk says in the context of hashavat aveda, excuse me, not in the context of hashavat aveda, of, of poverty, of siddaka, the pasuk says, efes ki lo Becha evyon. Azuk says, however, the easiest way to translate that word for now, there will always, there should never be, rather, an evyon, a poor, impoverished person amongst you. Uh, again, by retrieving, by returning a lost object, you're effectively uh, helping the person 
distance themselves from poverty. You're saving them money. Well, if the Pasuk tells me, if I'm paying attention to that word, if I'm putting a circle and underline under the word, or bolding it, italicized, whatever it is, it means that word is very significant. Again, and the derasha in turn that we're setting forth for the hachamim is, you need to first and foremost have on your mind that you don't become poor. So as a result, the halacha is shelo kodemet leshel kol adam. What's that? One more time. Becha, becha, in you, becha. So the mitzvah becha. Come on, you know, you know Hebrew better than me. Becha means in you. The derasha is again. You're right, Charlie. If if it was me and you before we learned the Gemara, we would read the pasuk. We'd say in your midst. The word becha in a literal sense means in you. The mitzvah. I have very few circumstances to actually give you examples, but here's one. Here's a controlled circumstance. You have an opportunity to save your money or your father's money or your brother's money or whose money. That's that's that's, that's that's the way the Gemara is using it. That's right. That's the way the Gemara is using the Sevyon in the context of the broader loss of money. Of course, there's a well-known contradiction right there in the, in the parasha in, in Sefer Devarim, which the pasuk on the one hand says uh, there should not be any poor person amongst you, and then there's another pasuk. What's that? We, we just read it on Pesach. Aser te'aser. And then the pasuk says shortly thereafter, as Jesse just said, you will always have. No, this pasuk that's I almost mistranslated. Lo yebecha. This one says there will not be. Lo uh, is the other pasuk. You'll always have. So which one is it? <laughs> which one is it? It's a contradiction in pesukim. Blatant contradiction. One end pasuk says you'll never have. Again, if you do it appropriately, but you should know you'll always have poor people. I mean, which one? You, you mislead, Moshe. Which one is it? You know, pesukim and sefer devarim. So I mean, the, the easiest and most simple interpretation to what's taking place over there is there's a challenge, there's a charge, while admitting to reality, which which means to say, Moshe, through, you know, Hakadosh Baruch Hu through Moshe in that context is speaking to Am Yisrael and saying, "Listen, I understand the reality. I'm not denying reality. There will always be a need for Sephardic Bikuholim. We're always going to have a need for people in the community. But your mindset when you're establishing it, when you're getting involved in it, is let's eradicate this. Don't work with this reality mindset. Well, this is the reality. What can you do? We're going to have to just deal with it as best as no. Your mindset needs to be lo there's not going to be any but come on knock on the door and say to the guy you're dreaming but I'm supposed to be dreaming but this is the reality that's right that is the reality says God to us I'm going to admit to the reality but I'm going to tell you to dream about the ideal that's supposed to be what's your driving force I say it in the context of everything in terms of our own growth as community members as individuals and so forth there's always that ideal which has to be hovering above that's the pie in the sky which I'm literally looking at at all times even though I know I won't be able to grab it that's what takes place over here, but our, for our purposes, the pasuk becha is in the eyes of the hachamim, a, a significant word as well. It means becha is, we do make a derasha. If I make a derasha on the word becha, so I bring you back to our specific issue. If you're ma'aviret asmo, la molech, if the person brings themselves for that avodazara entity of molech, how come according to the hachamim, they're patur? Tell me, according to Hachamim, it's only Beno Bito. Pasuk says Beno Bito. But Abil Azab, but Abishimon says, what about the word Becha? So he said, like Charlie said, maybe it's not really with the Pasuk. No, but the Hachamim read the word Becha very carefully in the context of Hashavat Aveda. Answers the Gemara there, Derashan by Hashavat Aveda was not from the word Becha, it was rather Hatam 
me'ephes. Over there, it's from a different word in the Pasuk. It's from the first word in the Pasuk, from the word ephes, which is an extra word. The Pasuk says, however, there will sh- or should not be any poor person in your midst. It should just say, there shouldn't be any poor person. What's the word ephes? Says Rashi, it's milashon afes, to be hadil, to make certain that there is not. So the word afes over there, that extra word is, so to speak, a command instead of a rea- instead of a, uh, a prediction or a beracha. It's a command. Make certain that you don't become hadel, you don't become deficient. So it's not from the word becha in the pasuk. It's from the first word, ephes. Make certain that you don't lose out in the context of poverty. So the derasha then is not from becha. So it brings us back to our initial mahlok uh, between bilazam, bishimon, and hachamim, which is a technical issue. If it's a circumstance where, by the molech, the person himself crosses over the fire, uh, jumps over the fire, whatever the circumstance, the, the way to do it is, is the person liable to be laza Shimon becha? Absolutely, hachamim, no such derasha becha, as Charlie read it, just means in your midst. Amar So now on to the last issue with regards to molech and this specific juncture of avodah zara. Amar haninah, separate uh, conversation. Why is it that the Torah mentions karet, this cutting off in the context of avodah zarah, three times? Rashid delineates the three. Tosafot has a bit of a, a conversation about the, the last of these three. But there are three pesukim we can agree on, and the Gemara makes clear, in which the word karet, this cutting off, is mentioned by avodah zarah before the pesukim. What do you mean cutting off? You told me in the Mishnah and Dafnun Gima, you told me in my past Mishnah, now you get sekila, you get put to death by corporal punishment, by the court, if you were to do Abu Dazara. What do you mean karet? Karet means by the hands of God. I'm not saying which one's more severe, but I'm saying that when we talk about being put to death by a court, it means you're actually losing your life in this world in a very real and, and tangible sense. So we're, what we're talking about over here, when we talk about karet in these sorts of contexts, is if there's no warning, and if there's no witnesses, which for all intents and purposes is the most common 99% of the time situation. 99% of the time, if you're doing if you're doing any of these terrible sins, you're not going to be doing it while accepting the warning. So it's not only a hatrat, you accept the warning. We've discussed this on more than one occasion. It needs to be the person walks up to you with two witnesses, potentially, and gives you a warning. And the warning is, you should know what you're about to do is going to make you liable for sekila. And you need to say, I understand. And this is my will. A deranged person only does. But generally speaking, we're dealing with karet circumstance where you either didn't accept the hatra, there was no hatra, there were no witnesses, it doesn't check you out in court, still getting karet. But nonetheless, why does the Torah three times repeat that you get karet by avodah zarah, by molech? Rash- What's that? Without hatra, it's karet. You certainly can. The general understanding is that the mitat betin will in some way exonerate you from karet. Now again, karet is hard to translate. Harambam Perik Het of Teshuvah talks about karet being the loss of olam haba. The gemara at the end over here will be one of the critical gemarot with regards to, ironically, the conversation of what karet is. The gemara will have a derasha in just a moment or two. He, uh, uh, what's the last one? He karet, ti karet. The double wording, one is from olam hazeh, one's from olam haba. What are you talking about? What's olam hazeh, what's olam haba? Olam hazeh, I thought, is corporal punishment. So what's olam hazeh, olam haba? The gemara Masechet Mo'ed Katana Davkaf Chet talks about having a shorter lifespan. 
What's a shorter lifespan? Potentially it means dying below the age of 60, according to Talmud Yerushalmi, dying below the age of even 50, if you recall our Benish high on that conversation. But it means, uh, it means that the circumstances uh, that there is some sort of in this world uh, situation, and then there's an afterworld situation, which we'll discuss to, to our feeble ability, what that means as well. So hard to imagine you're actually getting both. For example, the Gemara Masechet Malkot and elsewhere has a derash avnikla is that even just by getting Malkot, by getting lashes, you so to speak could loosen or do away with the karet liability. Hard to answer. We don't really know anything about karet because karet is not in our hands. Tosafot Masechet Moed. I'm just throwing you all the Mare Mekomot I have on this. Tosafot Masechet Moed Katan Dav Kafchet says it's not only you dying young, it's your children dying young as well. And again, we'll discuss this a little bit more when we get up to in the Gemara, but hard to really wrap our head around the exact circumstances. But again, over here says the Gemara, there's three times that the Torah mentions karet in the context of Avodah Zarah or Molech. Rashi writes that it's two by Molech and then one by Avodah Zarah. Tosafot agrees. They just disagree with the specific pasuk by Avodah Zarah. For Tosafot, it's a pasuk, I think, in Parashat Shelah. For Rashi, the, the first two are in Parashat Kedoshim. Th- excuse me, and the, the third is in Parashat Shelah. So maybe Tosafot has it elsewhere. Regardless, it's just a question about what the specific pesukim are. We can open up and see the pesukim. The specifics on this will not uh, change the, the uh, reality in our Gemara. The question is why the Torah needs to be so repetitive with regards to telling you karet. So I, I get that it's bad, but tell it to me once, maybe even twice. Why three times? Ahat lekidarka. Well, if you have three, the first time is going to be just the most regular circumstance. If you do the avodazara, what's called kidarka, in the way, the fashion of avodazara, of this avodazara. So if it's at the Baal Peor, it's by defecating in front of it. If it's by the Markolis, it's by throwing the stones to it. If it's by whatever Avodah Zarah you mention, it's the way of the Avodah Zarah. That's clear. Karet. You did it without Hatra'a, without Edim. Karet. Ahat le The second time the Torah mentions Karet is to tell me even if you do it Shilokidarka. Shilokidarka means not in the regular fashion and way. That doesn't mean that you did whatever you want. It meant, as we saw earlier, as we mentioned earlier in today's class, you did one of the Avodot Penim. You did hakta, you did Kitur. You did Zibuach. You slaughtered. You, you roasted. You, you smoked it or whatever. You did one of a, you did Zirika. You did one of the ways of Avodah which are universal ways. Okay, so that's the first two mentions of karet. For that as well, you're liable to karet. Lastly, ve'ahat lemolech. And the last one is to tell me for molech. And the Torah does mention in the context of molech, karet. It mentions it twice. Fantastic. So uh, hold the question for just a second. It's the next lines in the Gemara. But uh, before I lead lead into your question, Jesse, or the Gemara leads us into it. So the last one says the Gemara is for Molech, which makes it appear perhaps that Molech, as Jesse said, is not the same as Avodah Zarah. It's not one of the universal circumstances of Avodah Zarah. For if it was, you wouldn't have a third pasuk for that. That's the question of the Gemara. Says the Gemara, your derasha sounds specific for Rabbi Lazar, but Rabbi Shimon, the opinion who said that it's not Avodah Zarah. Maybe the, the second opinion as well that the Gemara mentioned on Amud Aleph. That's exactly the question. If if you maintain that 
Molech is part of Avodah Zarah. In other words, if I went, for argument's sake, to uh, the Baal Peor and I did the Molech activities over there, whatever the situation is, I'd be liable as well. It's part of the unit under the umbrella of Avodah Zarah. So then what do I need a third pasuk? Answers the Gemara, Lema'avir beno shelo kedarka. The answer says the Gemara is, if you were to do a molech activity, in such a circumstance, you'd be liable as well. What It's not the regular activity over there. The Gemara's response in this, in this circumstance is that I need a third pasuk to tell me, karet, by molech, to tell me that the laws of molech might extend further to the regular activities or the regular ways of avodah zarah in any circumstance. Says the Gemara, all right, you dealt with the three, avodah, the three karets by avodah zarah. Sounds like out of left field, but now that we're on the issue of talking about all these karets, why does the Torah mention them? Uh, well, let me talk about another one, similar to Avodah Zarah. There's another karet mentioned. This is the concluding lines in this conversation. It goes like this. We talked about Megadef earlier. Megadef, generally speaking, we assume is a person who curses God. That's Pesukim at the end of Parashat Emor, the person who's Hashem. But the Torah talks separately about this word Megadef, and never defines what Megadef is. We define it generally, if not always, as cursing God. But the Gemara Masechet Keritot and Davzayin has a mahlokir about what Megadef really is. One opinion is it's Mekalele Tashem. That's the way we always use that word. Alternatively, the Gemara says it's a way of Avodah Zarah. It's singing to Avodah Zarah. That's the other opinion there in the Gemara Masechet Keritot. Well, if Megadef, when the Torah talks about Megadef, and the Torah says you get karet if you are Megadef. If you do, X. What's X? Well, according to one opinion, it is a way of Avodah Zarah. That's a fourth mention of, of karet by Avodah Zarah. If you hold Megadef is Avodah Zarah, you're only making the question more difficult. It says, Gemara, Lemande Amar Megadef Avodah Zarah, karet be Megadef Lamali. Why do I need another mention of Megadef? Enters the Gemara with a Beraita, as the Beraita was referring to earlier, Lich de Tanya, you would answer based on the following Beraita. Pasuk says, in that Pasuk, this is the Pasuk, Ki devar Adonai baza, ve'et mitzvato hefar, hekaret tikaret hanefeshahi avona ba. Pasuk mentions a double wording of hikaret. Tikaret, which uh, loosely translated as, he shall surely be cut off. But why write it like that? The Torah doesn't always mention, if you look at the other Pesukim that we mentioned earlier, doesn't always say, Hikaret, Tikaret. It says the, the Derashah here in the Beraita, Hikaret ba'olam hazeh, Tikaret la'olam haba. The double wording in this context is to tell you that by Avodah Zarah, the karet is a twofold karet. It's a karet from this world and from the world to come as well. What does it mean, this world and the world to come? Well, it's as I mentioned earlier, very briefly, this world means a shorter lifespan in some sort of supernatural way, so to speak, God's hand with regards to an earlier death. What's tikaret ba'olam haba? Nobody really knows what that means. Uh, Rashi elsewhere seems to say it's some sort of loss of soul after death. Hard to define exactly what that means. Uh, Yad Raman on our sugya suggests one of two explanations. Either it means that the person won't be around for, won't be able to arise for Tehiyat Ametim, the time of resurrection of the dead. Or alternatively, says Yad Rama, if you recall the Gemara Masechet Rosh Hashanah and Daf Yod Zayin, the Gemara over there talks about certain Rishaim, certain wicked people, uh, 
you might listen to the recording then and understand how little I understood of that as well. But it says, wicked people are judged for 12 months after death, and then they end with a judgment of gufam kala, their bodies are gone, v'nafsham serefa, or nishmatam serefa, and their souls are burnt. Hard to define exactly what that means as well. That's what this is perhaps referring to as well. Harambam in the most... I don't know, simple, it's not simple. And Perek Chet as I said, just says, there's no status, no stature of an eternal life after life in this world. The interesting thing is that the Pasuk is only because it's in the double wording, Hikaret, Hikaret, which means to say, perhaps, and this is a suggestion, that if the Torah says only Vinichretav, it doesn't say Hikaret, Hikaret, maybe it's only one of the Karets, which, which will answer certain questions, because, for example, or any place where it says the double hikaret, hikaret. No, no, no. Avodah Zarah and Megadef is part of Avodah Zarah, of course. It means Avodah Zarah, but it means by extension any other circumstance where there's a double wording. And there are a few in the Torah. Uh, but that's, that's the argument. Are all double karet, hikaret, hikaret, right? The Olam Hazer and Olam Haba. Because there's a following question on Harambam. The following question, no, nobody says it explicitly. But there's a following question. If you're telling me it's a Harambam, talks about it being cut off from Olam Haba. Olam Haba, I get out of the That was terrible. I get a few other things. You're telling me because I didn't have a circumcision by Korban Pesach, the same stature as Avodah Zarat? You mind? I mean, a strong-willed guy was absolutely. Alternatively, uh, it's a little unsettling. So some of them fashion asses on Harambam. The suggestion is over there it only says Vinichreta. So over there it's not the same thing. Maybe it's a karet only from Olam Hazir in that circumstance. That's the conversation that's had. And again, it's born out of this that the Gemara specifically is talking about the cut off by Olam Habba because of the double wording. That's different. Biakiva. Amar That says Rabbi Ishmael, but the Pasuk says in the context here as well. Pasuk says v'nichreta. So the Pasuk says hikaret, hikaret, and beforehand it mentions v'nichreta. So you really have three mentions of karet. Now you told me the first one is olam hazeh. You told me the second one is olam haba. I have a third one. Is that for olam haba shilba? V'chi shilosha olamot yesh. Says Rabbi Ishmael to Rabbi Akiva. Says Rabbi Ishmael to Rabbi Akiva. Is that really your derasha? What do you do with the extra v'nichreta? Ela v'nichreta ba'olam hazeh. Says the first mention of v'nichreta is in this world. He karet la olam haba. That next word he karet is a technical response over here. Is olam haba. And lastly the tikaret. That's just the Torah speaking in the ways of human beings. We say, you shall surely be cut off, not to tell me per se that it means something beyond just an initial being cut off. But there is, ultimately speaking, consensus. Both Rabbi Ishmael and Rabbi Akiva agree that when it comes to Abu Dazar at the very least, perhaps uh, extending it to all karet, we're talking about karet ba'olam hazeh u ba'olam haba. To define it particularly and specifically, not a simple feat, not so simple and easy to do. Exactly what the that means karet for olam haba, or even to define what it means in olam hazeh, dying early, premature, truly not fully clear and, and certain. But what it is, what is clear, and and for me, I, I know it's a little unsettling if you're looking for the sensational response of the Torah to be cut off from a relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu through sin. In and of itself, I see as a tragedy. So anytime the Torah says you're going to have karet for doing so, it means you're going to be stonewalled from God's involvement in your life in some way or fashion, that in and of itself is quite severe to define and to pinpoint exactly how and when. 
not fully clear, as you see uh, from this sugya and from the others that I mentioned, that in and of itself, I think, has a severity which is uh, almost uh, unfa unfathomable. Just to review what we mentioned here in the final lines of the Gemara, we dealt with the three mentions of karet by Avodah Zarah, and we explained why those are mentioned. And lastly, we dealt with why is there the karet as well by Megadef, Lemanda Amar, according to the opinion that Megadef is a way of Avodah Zarah. For each, we had an explanation, ultimately speaking, a fundamental one with regards to what Amen. Amen.